1: Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And here we are. This episode, Spring Practice Week One under the books for the uh, uh, for the Gators. So. Hey, now we're going to shift to the defensive side of the ball. We've heard a lot from the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line, a little bit on defense. But now, for the first time, we get to hear from defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong as he spoke to the media on Saturday. He had lots to say. That means we have lots to get into here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Uh, Billy Napier also spoke to the media, so... Really heavy episode dealing with the defense and getting his thoughts on the defense so far the first week of spring practice from Billy Napier and Austin Armstrong and also a defensive players Jaden Hill <clears throat> excuse me allergies are allergies are getting to me <laughs> with all the pollen out there uh, but also Justice Boone uh, also spoke uh, this past week uh, not on Saturday Jaden Hill spoke on Saturday along with Napier and Armstrong Boone a little bit earlier but of course defensive Emphasis on this episode here of Gators Breakdown. Later on this week, we'll get into the running game. Uh, Jabbar Jaluk spoke to the media as well. The backs, Montreux Johnson, Trevor ETN. So uh, that'll be it about this week on Gators Breakdown. Spring break coming up for the Gators. I'm also going to try to take a little bit uh, of a step back uh, as we get into spring break this week too, uh, personally, for my daughter and stuff. So spend some more time with her uh, coming up this week. So that'll kind of be the outline coming up on these episodes of Gator's breakdown as i said excuse me pollen's out there so if there's some pauses if there's uh water eyes sneezes going on you may hear some pauses you may see a random graphic thrown up if you're watching this live on youtube hit that like button hit that subscribe button but hopefully you won't have to have to see me uh you know struggling a bit probably like some of you are out there as well as we are in Right here in Florida, full spring mode already. I mean, it's been that way for about a month now, so <laughs> it's uh, it's uh it's really really hitting me right now. But everybody, all right, plenty to get into. But before we do, one more time, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you're watching this live on YouTube. Check this out on Gators Breakdown Plus. A lot of conversation going on in the last couple of days with Austin Armstrong speaking to the media, uh, of course, and uh, getting his thoughts for the first time uh, out there as he takes over. For Patrick Tony, keep that conversation going on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Link is in the description to join Gators Breakdown Plus. So, all right, let's get straight to it. Billy Napier, Austin Armstrong, on this transition of him being the new Gators defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been really positive. Um, and I think, the you know, year two, uh, there's enough carryover systematically to where I think Austin's learning what they know. Uh, putting his spin on it um, and then certainly taking his approach from a personality standpoint, but um, It's important to know here. I think not only all the players in the second year uh, But all the coaches as well, right? So uh, just in terms of our year-round plan Much more comfortable with how to allocate their time um, And then we've had a lot of really new players on that side of the ball so um, yeah, I've been very pleased. Um, that group is off to a good start.
3: Well, what do you remember about Austin? when? Because uh, he was a GA at Louisiana when you got there, right? Mm-hmm. Did he make an impact on you pretty
2: early? Yeah, no. I, I um, you know, he's, We retained him, and then he spent the first year with us. Um, he worked closely with Ron Roberts and the inside backers. Uh, made a great impression on us. Obviously, Ron was the coordinator. He was a, a GA, so he, you know, had a little bit more responsibility than maybe a typical ga felt strongly about him Um, and you know obviously at that point kirby and i had known each other and you know we communicated about getting him there and um you know being in in our system to some degree if that makes sense just from a so that year was beneficial at georgia for him our inside backer job came open we brought him back immediately so And Patrick, obviously, was promoted to D.C., felt strongly about Austin, we brought him back. So, um, you know, and then one year later, the guy's calling defenses. So,
3: uh, he's a good one. An opportunity to come work here uh, in an elite institution on and off the field, to be with Coach Napier, to be with his staff, uh, to be associated with the University of Florida, you know, it's a no-brainer. And uh, God's been good to us, and we're very excited to be here and, and ready to go.
2: What was that conversation like with Nick Saban? I mean, just to tell him that, hey, look, you know, this is a great opportunity. and How supportive was he?
3: Well, he was phenomenal. You know, he uh, it was it was the easiest decision to make, but it was a hard decision. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a lifelong learner. I have the ultimate respect for the game of football, and opportunity to work for him, or defensive system derives from that system that he and Coach Belichick created about 30 years ago with the with the Browns. And opportunity to be there in that role to work with that staff and those people at that place opportunity a phenomenal opportunity. But he was very supportive. You know, I, you know that was an intimate conversation that I don't want to go there with. But he was phenomenal. Uh, and gave me a lot of good advice, pros and cons, Uh, but it was a privilege to be there and a privilege to work there. Uh, But the opportunity to come here, uh, to be with Coach Napier is something you can't pass up. I got into coaching because I wanted to help young people to become positive contributors to society, right? And, I'm going to coach our guys, right? But I don't think you can coach a player until you have a relationship with them. So that's kind of been hard for me during this transition of, you know, you just go straight into it and I'm trying to meet everybody I'm meeting the new staff and stuff like that uh, because my main objective is to take each individual on our team and make them the best version of themselves, right? Because if the individual is great, we're going to have collective success and we all benefit from that. And if we have collective success, each individual benefits from that, you know? And I try to be very personal with them because i don't think you can push people to be the best they can uh, unless they know you're coming from a place of love and when you have a real relationship with somebody it's going to be up and down it's not going to be perfect right there's going to be some days that they're tired of me and truth you know some days i'm tired of them but if they know that i respect them they respect me we communicate with each other and we trust each other uh you can do that we're very very multiple you know we we base you know out of a three three five per se but we're really a four two because that's what modern football is. Uh, you know, we're, we have a, we don't have a toolbox. We like to say we have a tool shed of scheme. You know what I mean? Our deal is we're going to be multiple four-down front team that play split safety man match and middle field close coverage. Um, we're going to pressure, you know, with where Creeper gets thrown around right, which is a you know four-man pressure versus the pass and a five-man pressure against the run. So it's a mixture of a fire zone and a cover three cover concepts. You know, we do some other stuff on a five-man process that's different at a four-down front and three-down front. At the end of the day, you know, not many people are like, us that are multiple in the back end and multiple in the front end. They're kind of one or the other, right? We're both. You know what I mean? We're going to be able to take whatever tools we need every week to play in this league cuz each team's different, Vanderbilt's different than Georgia. Georgia is different than Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Like and you got to have a scheme that is flexible to what you're seeing all the time, but also what your players can do. Like, I can't come in here and say, "Hey, we're going to be a four man front middle close team." That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But we have the ability to play each week the way we need to play to win, you know? And really for us, it's the same every week, and it's different for the opponent, you know what I'm saying? But from a pressure standpoint, you know, we are aggressive, you know what I mean? We, we, we say we try to negotiate with a hammer, right? Like we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to – we're not going to let them dictate the, the terms of engagement. We're going to be able to run all our stuff against all circumstances of offense. Um, you know, we feel like we have a good run pressure philosophy in relative to the pass game.
1: There we go. And this is almost like this is almost like elevating within the staff, uh, just because he's been so familiar with Billy Napier. There's a relationship there, and as he said, he has to get the relationships down. The relationships down with the players, and, and of course the coaches as well. But more importantly, the players, and he has to learn you know, how to attack each player, uh, you know, mentally uh, as a coach. That's just part of it, more than just football, but. Uh, there's a mental a- aspect to this, too. But it's almost like Elevate within the staff because, you know, th- he runs a familiar defense uh, that Patrick Tony did. And we'll get into some, what some of the players think about that as well. But, you know, at least he has coaches that have been here. Corey Raymond, Spencer, Bateman, Peterson. You know, those guys to lean on to, you know, figure out what these players can do, can't do, what they struggle with, what they need help with. He has the, now that to fall back on. It's not all brand new for him. So it being a you know, the, pretty much the same defense, now tendencies will change, of course, as we've said before. His attitude will change. His approach will change about maybe pressure and how much he brings pressure. And It's the same defense as Georgia and what Patrick Tony was bringing to Florida last year. And a lot of what Alabama has run, you know, that little, you heard, you heard Napier say it. There's a little system of coaches there between Napier and Kirby smart, and Nick Saban, and all those defensive coaches, Ron Roberts. And of course, everybody who's kind of derived from him, Tony being one, Dave Aranda being another one. All these guys talking, there's that little circle there of those coaches that run very similar defenses, so at least with well now Armstrong coming in, it's not a lot of change. But at least also, at least player-wise, to figure out, you know, he, he's not walking in completely blind. This isn't a whole brand-new defensive stat that has to relearn. Um, I mean, this is a third defensive coordinator for these players. But at least these players, you know, besides Armstrong, have the other coaches along with them. So this will make the transition faster. The defense really isn't changing, and there's coaches who have been here that can help the communication aspect of all those assistants – that are now going to be under Armstrong, they can share what they learned last year, what they've put on film, what they've learned in the offseason from the bowl game now to spring practice starting. All that can be relayed to Austin Armstrong, where this this transition is not going to be that big of a transition. It might be the third defensive coordinator for these players in the last three years, but as I said, it's a lot of almost, almost almost like elevate within the staff here. So Armstrong did speak on the changes being made to the defense after Tony's departure. And, you know, as I said, he said, you know, this is off. This was off the interview. Uh, some other stuff. He said, there will be some minor changes in terminology, but he wants to change for the team, not the other way around. Uh, he came in that very first meeting. He goes, Look, there's an uh, anxiety. He knows this is the third defensive coordinator in three years. He wants to change for the players. It's the same defense. Now he might have some different wording than Patrick Tony had, but He'd rather him learn the wording that the players are used to than making all the other players have to adjust and adapt again. He'll adapt around them. And he gave an overview of what he wants out of the defense. You heard some of that there, but a Florida DNA. Yeah, he, he, won't, he He's, quote, we want to talk about the Gator DNA. We want to be tough. And tough isn't acting like a fool. It's striking blockers, being mentally tough to handle situational football, we want physicality, right? That, that's that, that's uh, definitely something we want to see in here. Uh, we're going to hunt the ball. We're going to punish the ball carrier. And he added, you know, he wants his players to play with enthusiasm rather than anxiety they have been playing with. So that's something that probably we can glean from what he's saying there, that last part. We want to play with enthusiasm rather than the anxiety they have been playing with. That lets me know that's that mess. That the message is there that hey, we're afraid to mess up, you know, and you know, everything's new. Players out there not playing confident. They're anxious. They're they're playing with anxiety out there, and we we keep we, we we hoped that that would go away last year just because of Todd Grant from not being the defensive coordinator, Patrick Tony coming in and in, in implementing his style of defense. But looks like a lot of anxiety with some of those players that were Mullen guys and previous staff guys. You know, it's probably a good thing now that you're starting to get the mindset of Napier players in there. There's a lot of transfers and a lot of guys who were on the team last year as true freshmen. Now, now being their second year, maybe some of that anxiety goes away. You know, they've learned this defense, they know this defense a bit better. Now, maybe that final step of getting over that anxiety is maybe some of the messaging that Austin Armstrong can change from Patrick Tony. That last little part, you know, him sharing that and putting it out there that the anxiety they have been playing with, he's got to get that relationship down with those players and 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 build some confidence. That's the biggest thing for this defense is start building some confidence. And I thought we had got to a point last season where we saw it. Now, granted, you know, Texas A&M wasn't a great offense. South Carolina wasn't a great offense. But Florida wasn't a great defense either. And they finally showed up in a couple of games right here in the middle of the season only to kind of fall back down a bit not able to handle the positivity that was coming their way not able to handle the maybe somewhat expectations that came along with that two that that game stretch there two game stretch there they weren't able to handle that so you heard him get into the football the the schematic side of his defense and a lot has been made I've seen the comments in here the last couple of times we've talked about Austin Austin Armstrong whether and this defense, whether it be a three-man front or a four-man front. And Armstrong has basically said, you heard him say it, basically a four-man front. And that's what we see a lot. Um, we're we're going to see a lot of that with this defense and odd and even fronts. And he mentioned how he's learned under Kirby Smart, and Ron Roberts, Dan Lanning, Pete Golding, Glenn Schumann, Patrick Tony. Toney. And a lot of it would depend on personnel, of course. But as we saw it last year for Florida. Up front, defensive end, nose tackle, defensive tackle, edge. You know, you're kind of your four-man front there. Two linebackers behind them, five DBs. And with modern offense, that's going to be a lot of your base defense. That's what you see out there. As you heard Armstrong say, quote, split safety, man match, middle of the field, closed coverage on the back end with pressure up front. With the use of creepers, four-man pressure and pass and five-man and run with either a three-man front or four-man front. And we went, when last year, of course, Will and I, we went over the Creepers a good bit uh, with the hire of Patrick Tony last season. And it's certainly heard and used by those names <laughs> just mentioned too. Uh, but you're know, going into what he was having to say there. Split safety meaning, you know, you're splitting the, the coverage type that the safeties play. Field boundary position come into play there, whether it be man, whether it be zone, split between the two safeties. And that just b- the field boundary position that comes into play with what type of coverage you're asking your safeties to play, you know, man match. You know the defender has a man, but may take another man based on a set of rules. You know, do you stay with your man or pass him off to another defender based on the a route or a receiver runs? And there's a good bit of mostly cover three in, in Armstrong's defense, but you heard him say middle of the field close, usually meaning a safety in the middle of the field closing that middle of the field off as much as possible. That's his base defense. You know, of course he'll mix it up like. Good defensive coordinators do. You heard him say that, depending on who they play, Tennessee's offense is not the same as Vanderbilt's offense, it's not the same as Georgia's offense, not the same as LSU's offense. It, it'll change. But that'd be your, you'll have a little bit of a base defense to go by. And I, and I, and I look at it, you know, what wrinkles will Armstrong have compared to a Patrick Tony? Compared to, I mean, we know it's no surprise that Georgia defense that that's the model, and that's the model he's learned under. As you heard really Napier and him say, he went to Georgia in 2019. He went and learned under Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning. That's you know, he's gonna take a lot from those guys. But what wrinkles are his own? Because it may be at base what Georgia runs on defense, but we know we Florida doesn't have that personnel. I, I I'm I'm a big fan of some of young Florida's young personnel up front, McClellan up front, Des Watson up front, Shamar James being his second year, but Georgia's got 10 of those guys. Harder doesn't have the personnel to run exactly what Georgia runs, nor the staff. I mean, in particular, Kirby Smart, best defensive mind out there, along with Nick Saban. Will Muschamp, very known for his defensive mind, one of the best defensive minds in the country. Schumann, there as a co defensive coordinator. I mean that's a great defensive staff. So Florida doesn't have the personnel nor the staff. But what you're hoping is you close that g- gap with a a, a higher like Armstrong paired with Corey Raymond. And maybe Florida will be there at one point when they get that personnel there and you start looking at that staff. Uh, they recruit at a certain level and you start thinking of Spencer and Raymond and 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 Armstrong together, Bateman together. As something close to that Georgia staff, but we can admit to ourselves, far as nowhere near that right now. That's the best defensive staff in the country right now. But at its base, it's gonna that defense is gonna look a lot like that defense. Personnel staff's not there, but what does Armstrong add to this defense that makes it his own for success? You know, it is a, a Cameron Jackson, a transfer that comes in here? He's a disruptive force so far this spring on the defensive line, how does he help somebody like Austin Armstrong? Caleb Banks is coming along nicely as a transfer. And you add that to the development of Adez Watson and and Chris McClellan, I think Florida's front's going to be better to help Armstrong. A deeper front, I think, for Armstrong compared to last year. But it will be interesting to see how he can use the depth like that. His experience as a linebacker coach. Corey Raymond now taking over for the complete secondary. How, How do these little wrinkles... Add up to, you know, you can't go out there and run Georgia's defense. You don't have that talent. But what can you do to make up for it? I'm not expecting year one or year two, for that, that matter, to come in here and start looking equal to that Georgia defense. But if he's a good enough coach right away, we should see some improvements.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: So, I mean, I don't know. We don't know what wrinkles. Of course, he likes to bring pressure, but what does he do to adapt to the personnel? You heard him say it. We don't know that yet. We're only one week in the spring practice. He's only two weeks on the job, basically. We'll have to wait till Florida plays some ball games to kind of figure out what he'll do compared to what he did at Southern Miss, what he's learned under all those coaches. How much does the personnel Florida have change what he's done so far and the wrinkles he'll bring? That's a a question we can ask right now, but not necessarily answer. But you heard what he likes to do as a base defense. We'll see how far that takes Florida. All right, let's hear from some players. Jaden Hill, Justice Boone on the transition from Patrick Toney to Austin Armstrong.
0: He came in with energy, I ain't gonna lie, like, out the gate, uh, his first message, like, he came in, there, he got us fired up, like, you know what I'm saying, we sent back in our seats, like, when he got to talking, we leaned up a little bit, like, okay, yeah, like, I could tell he mean business, you know what I'm saying. I feel like in this conference that we're playing, like, most of the defenses, like, it's basically it's a universal defense, you know what I'm saying, it's just on how you call it and, like, little tweaks and adjustments, so it's not really much different than what we already know, it's just, like, you know what I'm saying, different terminology to an extent, some, some of it is just different terminology, but. This is like my third coordinator, so it's like at this point, I'm more so of a, um, you know, I'm I'm just ready to accept whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because at the next level, it's only worse, so
4: I mean... Yeah, it's it's football. Most definitely, I agree. uh, A lot of high energy, a lot of uh, running up and down the field, constantly yelling. uh, Not all bad stuff, good stuff. Most of the time, Uh, he just love love everybody move around. Love making sure that we attacking everything with all we got. When you look at his track record at Southern Miss, a lot of sacks. uh, Is that something that excites you as a defensive lineman? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think think that he did a whole lot of good things where he come from. Uh, He's a young guy. He did a lot of production at you feel me, being a young guy, stuff like that. So that's good for him. Uh, It shows the kind of mindset he has. we ready to attack whatever he puts at us.
2: He was a graduate assistant or PT at UL, so it's like the, the language, the verbiage kind of the same, or, or how much is changing with, with him?
4: Uh, no, almost everything matters, the schemes, everything pretty much the same. A little tweaks in here and there, but most of, them, most of everything's a good. I just know the first day he came in that he was really yeah. stretching, that we, he wants us to be really punctual, make sure that we're uh, really aggressive and always attacking our stuff. Don't just be uh, <laughs> casual with it, make sure we attack attacking with everything we got. Attack
1: with everything you got. Be punctual. I mean, you like what you hear. I mean, of course, all these are words right now. And the one that we we all took away from this and hearing at Austin Armstrong earlier was negotiate with a hammer. I mean, it's, it sounds good. It sounds really good on the surface. Uh, you know, and now we have to see it. And now through spring, and, it, and you can hear it uh, through the players, they can tell right away the energy is better. I mean, through the first meeting, you hear Jaden Hill, oh, okay, we're, we're relaxing. His energy kind of just made us sit up a bit. We want to listen. We're, we're, we're buying in to what Austin Armstrong is telling us and selling us. Hopefully, that translates. Hopefully, that translates into some confidence. This defense absolutely needs it. Third, different voice that they have to hear now as a defensive coordinator in the last 3 years but there's not as much you heard it from them there's not that much of a change this year hopefully they feed off of this on the field as well a little more aggressive I, I'm I'm eager to see you know this pressure and this I mean Florida was able to create some turnovers last year that was something they were still pretty good at last year but you know, the sack numbers weren't necessarily there. That doesn't tell us the whole story. And you go look at Georgia's defense, if we're going to sit here, you know, maybe compare because of the coaching history and the little coaching circle uh, that you heard Billy Napier reference earlier. But if you look at that defense, Georgia, go look at Kirby Smart's career since he's been there as, def- as head coach. And, of course, he's very involved in that defense and through their de- all their defensive coordinators. Georgia doesn't sack the quarterback a lot. They pressure a lot. Absolutely, bring a whole bunch of pressure. Now, Florida didn't get to the quarterback a lot last year either, especially compared to a Todd Grantham defense. But that's the tricky thing. Florida was getting to the quarterback under Todd Grantham, but what did it amount to? You know, especially the first couple of years, eighteen and nineteen, sacking the quarterback left and right. You know, up near, if I remember right, about forty, you know, forty sacks a year. But in the big games versus Georgia, versus LSU, sack numbers weren't sack numbers weren't there. But also, it didn't really mean much. It didn't mean much in big games. Georgia doesn't sack the quarterback a whole lot, but they sure as heck pressure. You better get rid of that ball. They make you get rid of the ball. So, you know, you're only passing the ball down the field just a bit just to get rid, just to get the ball out of your hands. And, of course, their defensive backs are, are, are going to make a tackle. They're not missing tackles. So you're not passing the ball down the field on them a whole lot. Because the pressure's there. The offenses are not taking sacks. They're getting rid of the ball. But it doesn't matter. The Georgia defense, fast, relentless, making tackles. Could that be something we see this year with a more aggressive front? Or maybe it does turn into sacks. And the sacks actually mean something a bit more under this defense than they do at Georgia's defense or the previous defense under Todd Grantham. Or it creates more turnovers. Or they actually show up in bigger games. I mean, there's different ways to go about it. Just because Georgia doesn't get a lot of sacks, but it creates a lot of pressure doesn't mean that's what it has to mean for Florida. I mean, sacks are great. How I many sacks are on third downs? So give me that stat at the end of the year. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see and compare. How about, how, and that's another thing. How, how does he improve third down defense? Awful for Florida the last few years, no matter who the defensive coordinator has been. Then we third and Grantham was a joke, and then the joke continued to third and Tony last year. I hope we don't have to make a third and Armstrong joke. But those those are are the the questions we're going to be dialed into. I mean, there's going to look like there's more pressure up front for Florida's defense, but what does that mean? Is the pressure going to get there? Is he bringing pressure? Is he bringing five guys? Is he bringing... You know, four guys, five guys on this defense, even more sometimes, are they getting home? Is that pressure creating turnovers? Is that pressure creating incomplete passes? Is it forcing quarterbacks to, to move their, their platform and throw off-target throws? Are they throwing the ball out of bounds? I mean, it doesn't have to be a sack every time. You know, sack numbers, don't, don't, as I said, again, don't mean everything, but how, how does it affect that opposing offense? Is it getting Florida off the field on third down? Is it making it second and 10 instead of second and three? I mean, it's, it's, it's a chain reaction. Those are the little nuances and, and, and differences that I'm certainly looking for. And compared to uh, Patrick Tony, Todd Grantham, to what Austin Arms, how does his pressure affect so many parts of the defense? All right, so let's keep it going here. And let's get to some players. Let's go to the linebacker spot. Here's Napier on Shamar James to Roger Mitchell
2: and Scooby Williams. First of all, Shamar was not a mid-year player last year, right? So uh, he really showed up there late May, early June. Uh, So he's made even more progress, I think, year one to year two. So, Um, Not only mentally, I think, out there as a football player, but there's no question physically, really bought into the nutrition recovery, the strength conditioning. Taraja's taking advantage of the opportunity there with um, Wingo being limited uh, due to the surgeries, and then certainly Scooby's been a little bit limited as well, right? So Taraja is a former team captain at Ohio State. You know, and guy's been around college football in a successful program. Uh, Very bright, very articulate guy that, you know, communicates at a high level. So he's making the others around him better um, with that communication. He's a big player. He's 245 pounds, you know, and and there's some physical presence there in the middle that I think he brings. He's playing in both rooms. Um, He's playing Sam, you know, in some of the, the bigger personnel groupings. So, and I do think he's got situational, he's a sub rusher. Um, you know, Scooby six, two and a half. Um, we threw him out there a little bit at the end of the year, last year, I thought he's got, he's got a knack for us in the past so, but I still think the guy can play inside backer, play Sam sub rusher. He, he was back today, did more than he's been doing and flashed a little bit out there today.
1: There you go. That was when he's referencing today, that was Saturday of uh, the Gators, uh, spring practice, as you heard, Scooby Williams back out there uh, a bit more. And that's kind of some clarification that we get now. So you guys remember after the roster came out, we had the first spring practice. Uh, we spent some time on some position changes. And Scooby Williams was one that was on the roster that was listed as an edge. And we went into detail uh, about that as what that possibly means for him and you know his career of playing edge in high school and now maybe making that transition to give Florida some more depth of that edge, edge position. And now we get some more clarification because throughout the week on Twitter, um, it was tweeted that, Hey, there's Scooby Williams practicing with the inside linebackers and not the edge rushers. And Scooby retweeted it and said, I never moved. We'll say now we get to ask Napier uh, about it and some clarification on where is Scooby Williams playing? Well, now he's back out there and he is playing both the edge and the Sam inside linebacker spot. So we'll get some clarification there. Uh, a player now that can do both and, you kind of figured that, that that might would happen even going back to our preview uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in previewing spring practice of where Scooby Williams would play. And I figured he might play both and, and play some more edge this year. And he should. Florida needs some help there. But also, of course, it's going to matter on down and distance and the personnel you have out there. And if he can play both, great. I mean, it gives Florida some versatility there. Um, and of course, as I said, a, a position that he played in high school, has some experience there. And now he goes back out there and you heard Billy Napier say he's big enough to go play some inside linebacker, but he's still fast enough to play as an edge rusher, pass rusher. We'll put him in those situations. So there's some clarification from something that was kind of a big storyline as spring practice started is Scooby Williams changing positions. Well, not necessarily just changing positions, but playing both edge and inside linebacker. Shamar James, good point there made by Billy Napier. He didn't go through spring practice last year. He came on as a, May, June, summer enrollee got up to speed so fast, you know, that he's second, second level depth chart at the linebacker spot, mainly because of need there for Florida. Now, not a lot of experience at the linebacker spot last year behind Amari, Bernie, and Ventrell Miller. Uh, but also that, you know, he showed ability to go be an all SEC freshman as a linebacker. And now this is his first spring practice. Now he gets some more basics and more learning experience there with Jay Bateman. And, and now Armstrong coming in as well, sharing his knowledge at the linebacker spot Jamar James going through spring that then also the summer, the winter workout. He didn't get that in last year, not being an early enrollee. So now getting in more shape and how many years did we talk about, you know, You know, Amari Bernie did show growth last year under Jay Bateman as a linebacker, but, you know, he didn't come in as a true linebacker. And it finally took his final season to get some positive, consistent play out of Amari Bernie as a guy who didn't play linebacker, but was kind of forced to go to linebacker throughout his career. Not Shamar James. Shamar James came in as a linebacker. I think that's why we saw some success. But now we get to pair that with a winter conditioning and going through spring practice, learning because he's got to be a leader now. There with Taraji Mitchell. You heard Billy Nate bring him up. These guys have to lead there, especially with Derek Wingo being limited on the sideline this spring, recovering from a sh- shoulder surgery. Need some guys to step up now. And now uh, Shamar James, who played some linebacker in high school, you're not having to, to, to fit him in there. That's translating well. And also Taraji Mitchell being at Ohio State, learning big boy football, what it takes to get on the field played a lot a couple years ago. Hopefully now everything is okay, okay with him, but good for him, I think, this spring to be able to get the experience with Wingo being sidelined. And Mitchell, James, we're going to hear a lot from those guys. It won't, it won't be surprised. I will not be surprised by the time the season rolls around, the season's playing out, we get to the end of the year, that those are going to be your top two guys. Even with Wingo's experience last year, you know he's another guy who was an edge in high school and they – I won't necessarily say forced in. I mean, he was maybe projected to be a linebacker, not so much of an edge out of high school. But as I said, he wasn't. It, it takes a lot of instinct to play that linebacker spot and learn that linebacker spot. And we can go he, a little bit in high school, but was still know him more as an edge. Well, not, you know, not, not Shamar James. So it would, it would not surprise me in the least with Mitchell's experience there at Ohio State. Jamar James' experience in high school, getting that one year under his belt last year, and now going through winter conditioning, and now going through his first spring practice. Mitchell and James being the main two linebackers, and I, w- I won't be surprised by that. You know, Wingo could have transferred, maybe. I think he still brings a lot of leadership off the field, and I think he'll play. He was playing. Remember, he was playing hurt last year. He was playing Hurt versus FSU, and I know a lot of people were having eyes on him because Ventura Miller was suspended for the first half of that game, and Wingo having to go, he was playing Hurt in that game, and we all saw the bowl game where it seemed like he just could not, he he was giving it his all, but obviously not 100%. I don't expect him to, to not contribute or anything like that, but I just think to Mitchell's experience at Ohio State, Shamar James and his recruiting profile and a lot of success there in the state of Alabama, Playing a linebacker spot, I really expect those two to lead that group of Scooby Williams and Derek Wingo, Spurlock, Jaden Robinson. Uh, let's keep it going. We'll go to the secondary. And Napier was asked about the safeties and said Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell doing a good job, but he also shed some light on the depth and rotation on the back end. And this is maybe comes as a bit of a surprise, but probably shouldn't, but maybe the name does. Napier added that Jaden Hill is seeing time in that room at the star position. So star, safety, Jaden Hill. Seeing some time there. He admits they're a little thin at safety and star, and that's where young players can really make some headway this spring. You heard me bring up Sharif Denson last week, and because of that, as maybe a young player who can come in and make some headway because there's not a lot of experience, and then Napier's admitting it here too. And of course, I mean, this all you got to do is just look at a depth chart or a roster and see how, <laughs> how, how short Florida it is on the depth pieces there at safety and star. So of course, a Sharif Denson, a Jordan Castell, a Bryce Thornton can make some headway there. A Jamarcus Weston moving there and flashing so far. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Wilson Mitchell, of course, your top two guys right now making plays in spring practice so far this, this, this first week. Mention mentioned how those guys have had interceptions so far, uh, but playing really well so far in the, through the first week and take that for what it's worth. First week, of course, and offense going through some quarterback changes. And as I said, we don't even know who the quarterback is uh, when you hear about interceptions in spring practice. But those guys are making some plays so far. But Jaden Hill does go in-depth about Corey Raymond taking over in the secondary and how this defensive back room is shaping up with
0: him being over um, to, uh, work on with all of us it's like you know everybody is hearing the same message you know what i'm saying so it's like it's no gray area you see what i'm saying yeah
2: coach mentioned that you've been playing some with that group with that safety star group um what, what's that been like just playing inside
0: um it's been pretty good you know I, um i look forward to it, the challenge you know what i'm saying i uh i feel like uh, you can get after it right there and um uh, I look to, you know, feel what Travez just left. I look to feel his spot for him. Yeah, and you've always been
2: outside, but does it, does an opportunity like this, do you take it as, well, this just shows the NFL, but hey, I can play inside, outside. I can be multiple.
0: Most definitely.
2: Where's Devin Moore at compared to where he was at last year? What have you seen from him over the last 12 months?
0: Oh, yeah, um, it's funny you asked that because I was just telling uh, John the same, uh the story about Devin, but when Devin first came in, he always used to be like, man, C-Ray on my uh, tail, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, like, watch, your game gonna um, get better so much, and you're just gonna be like, dang, I thank you, you know what I'm saying? So, right now, Devin, uh, he, he's telling Ja that same message, but uh, Devin's game has definitely came a long way, you know what I'm saying? And just seeing how he's growing grown is, is is great, you know what I'm
4: saying?
2: C-Ray's kind of
0: tough love? Oh, yeah. You gonna get it. <laughs>
2: Seems like Kamari's kind of been a little bit more vocal in the secondary. Is he kind of stepping up as a leader going into his
0: second year? Uh huh. Yeah, with Kamari being, you know, one of the oldest guys in his room, you know, and he's only the upcoming sophomore, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I feel like, yeah, he's accepted that role and he's um, doing it at a, a pretty good high level, you know what I'm saying? With the younger guys coming in,
2: obviously a lot of talent coming in with this last recruiting class. What are those guys, which of those guys have really kind of
0: showed out early on? Yeah, I ain't going to lie, I'm impressed with um, all the newcomers, all the guys who came in this spring, the boys came ready to work. Like, they kind of, like, surprised me. I'm like, hey, y'all boys, you know what I'm saying? But um for my room um, specifically, you know what I'm saying, Josh, Sharif, you know what I'm saying, the safeties, Bryce, um, Jordan, you know what I'm saying, them boys working, you know what I'm saying, and they getting after it. Um, for the other positions, like, all of them. I, I, well, more so for defense, speaking, you know what I'm saying? transfer, um, my boy Taraji, um, Dudes, all them boys getting out there. Jaden, you know, all them boys getting out there, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole bunch of names. I could just keep going. Kelby, I ain't gonna lie, Will, like, all them boys snapping.
2: So. What about Jamarcus
1: moving to safety? That kind of surprised you a little bit. What have you seen out of him? Billy said he's kind of been flashing
0: all the back. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I, I was excited for him because, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm just ready to see him you know, get out of his shell a little bit. And uh, he he's one of the. Jamarck is one of the most like gifted athletes I've been around. You know what I'm saying? And I know he can do it. It's just um, when it when he understands and gets it all done, I feel like he could be a good player better. And
4: getting that opportunity, I know he's been waiting. To mm-hmm, get no chance. doubt. now, he has a chance to show what he can do. No
0: well. doubt. You know what I'm saying? I was just talking to him the other day about it, and I was like, you know, just one day at a time, because he kind of felt overwhelmed. Like, like he he felt like he got to get it all at once. You know what I'm saying? But it takes time.
1: I saw you guys in the chat back there saying, you know, it would have been probably beneficial for Corey Raymond to, to have the whole defensive back room last year. I agree with you. But also, right now, the way it's played, playing out, definitely not no better time than to make that move because you heard it. All the young guys that are back there, Florida needs some depth. There's then you have Kamari Wilson there who is in his second year. You heard Jaden Hill say it. He's in his second year, and he's got to be a leader in that safety room already. I mean, there was a lot to sell. It was probably one of Florida's reasons of bringing in such a talented defensive back class in the class of 2023 because you were selling playing time like crazy back there. And these guys, Sharif Denson, Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, Jakeem Jackson, all these guys are going to be able to come in and contribute right away if they do their job. There are openings right there. I I, I have full confidence Kamari Wilson and Miguel Mitchell is going to take most of those snaps back there at safety. But, I mean, if you move now Jaden Hill, if he can break through and become a contributor there at star, you know, what does that mean for Hill and Perkins? Does Perkins get – can he play some safety as well? I mean, I'm interested to see the rotation and how it works out there. Um, I mean, Jaden Hill, we, we were talking about it coming in as a big preview of who's going to take that second cornerback spot opposite Jason Marshall. Jaden Hill might be getting some time at nickel, but he's also still competing for that cornerback spot, Devin Moore. But, I mean, if it works out where it is Jason Marshall, cornerback one, Devin Moore, cornerback two, and Jaden Hill at nickel, I mean, I've got to see it, of course, but that gives you some experience at two of the spots with – with um, Hill and Marshall, now of course Hill with a lot of experience at cornerback, but still some experience. Now Nickel would be a little new for him. Nickel Star would be a little bit new for him. But if that gets Devin Moore as cornerback too, and all the the flash that he showed early on last season, and Hill was a third option at cornerback, that could that could work out to be pretty nice for Florida to go along with the, all a lot of the young guys. About their back there at the safety position and competing. But no better time than to have one voice to help all that communication in the locker room, during the games, on the field, than Corey Raymond being back there. And now it's time you heard it brought up. It is definitely time, and I brought it up before when we heard about the position change of Jamarcus Weston being back there and Of course, you know, this time of year, it it, it is hopeful. You hope to hear all the positivity coming around. And you heard Hill talking about Weston being one of the best athletes on the team. Well, it's time to see that. He's making a position change. He could, as I said earlier, he could have transferred, but he wants to be at Florida, it seems like. He's going through a position change at Florida. But now it's time. If it didn't work out at receiver or kick returner, as we saw him at, at times before, It's kind of the last-ditch effort here. We've got to see that athleticism play out on the field. And maybe it gets unlocked here at safety. It's time to see Jamarcus Weston step up if that potential is there. And I like Hill being a leader there. Hey, you don't have to get it all at one time. First of all, it's a new position. you got a lot to learn. You don't have to learn it all at one time. (laughs) We'll bring you along. The staff will bring you along. Tough love from Corey Raymond, as you heard, as you heard, as you heard, he'll say. But you also heard Hill talk about the guys up front. Well, let's hear from Justice Boone on a lot of those newcomers up front, transfers and freshmen.
4: Uh, Honestly, I have to say for both of them, they both have a very mature and a very attacking mindset. I haven't, uh, like for a regular freshman, they haven't been complaining or nothing like that. They come in and attack the work, especially uh, Will Norman, he has a very competitive mindset, so just about every time you see him, no matter what he's doing, he's competing at it. Like, you putting your clothes in the uh, bin, he's going to beat you to the spot. So, like, uh, Kelby, the same thing, he's always competing, always giving all he got to. Big Cam's huge, and he moves amazing for his size. Caleb, for his side as well, he's an amazing pass rusher in my eyes. Uh, I think he does really well getting off the ball and uh, executing moves in his mind before he even puts them on. So he does good at that. And like I said, Cam Jackson's a unit and a moving unit. So
2: He's played a bunch. Is that good for you know like Chris and for Dennis to have someone like that that's playing their position, playing next to them that can
4: kind of lead them and, and teach them a little bit? Oh, yeah, not for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is Cam's fourth year, so he has plenty of experience. So this year right here, pretty much he's pretty much in his prime. So he's got everything to teach and everything to learn at this moment. Well, right now I'm um, at the front of my position at the F position, and it's me and uh, Kelby Collins and Cameron James. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, for the most part, those guys, they've come in since they one, pushing and uh, doing everything as hard as they can, so that, that do not keep me on my toes and make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. You
1: heard Justice Boone say those two guys behind him, Kelby Collins, Cameron James, he's got to be a leader. I mean, those guys are true freshmen coming in. And this class up front, Florida brought in, I'm telling you, I mean, they don't look like freshmen. Will Norman doesn't look like a freshman. Cameron James doesn't look like a freshman. Kelby Collins doesn't look like a freshman. Now those guys went through some winter conditioning, winter workouts, going through spring ball right now as early enrollees. You hope, I mean, Justice Boone... I saw Muddy Waters bringing the to, to the uh, comment section here. You know, saw a highlight of Boone beating Austin Barber pretty easily. Boone putting in some extra weight, going to surprise this year. I'm excited to see him there at the defensive end position, teaching those young guys along the way. You know, some of those highlights are, are, that we see from the offensive line, defensive line, a little bit situational as well, working on things with the defensive line and offensive line. But Boone's got to be, of course, got to be a guy that, that steps up this year as well. What was it, the Kentucky game where he had that big hit on Will Levis? I mean, that, that, we see more plays like that from one Justice Boone. But a leader up front there for the Gators. And I'll stress it one more time because he, we, we heard those guys he brought up too, those transfers. But Cameron is going to be a force for the Gators. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. I mean, he was double-teamed, triple-teamed a lot at Memphis, You know, the teams they play, they had to do that versus him because of how disruptive he is and can be. And he has shown that at Florida so far. And so now with more help and more talent around him, hopefully teams can't double-team, triple-team him so much because they have to worry about other players. I mean, that same happened to Jervon last year. Double-team, triple-teamed a lot, held in check a lot because of that, playing a lot of snaps as well. So far to having more depth up front. That's, a, that's why it's so important for these freshmen to come to come in and looking like they can play the part and then being able to play the part. Florida needs some more depth. Florida needs to, be able to, needs to be able to count on some guys playing some snaps. You can't have your defensive tackle, nose tackles, playing 60 snaps a game. It just doesn't make sense. Production is going to fall off, and especially when you need it the most in the fourth quarter of games. These guys are worn out. You know, so Dez Watson needs to be able to step up and play more snaps. Chris McClellan needs to be able to develop into his second year and play more snaps. These freshmen are going to have to be relied on, like Chris McClellan was last year, to go in there and play some snaps. So Cam Jackson's not playing 60 snaps a game. Good to hear that. There's There seems to be some depth in competition in the trenches, on both sides of the ball. That lead me to what we get into next episode. The running game and some offensive line talk here you know, to continue that, that that as well. We've been heavy offensive line talk the first week of spring practice. We'll get into it just a bit, but more in relation to the run game for the Gators as we hear from running back coach Jabar Luke, ETN, Montro Johnson as well. That'll be on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. But this was our big look at the defensive side competition everywhere, hopefully producing some more depth for the Gators. You want competition. It's going to make this team better. May even produce some some surprise names we end up seeing when the Gators take the field versus Utah next year or next season. But some good stuff there. We get to hear more from Austin Armstrong, about Austin Armstrong, from Billy Napier, the coaches, or players all the excitement that's coming from him. Hopefully it bleeds over into this defense, but certainly ready to see it all play out. All right. That would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at Gator Dave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.